chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. And I decided something that's been helping me sleep at night is drinking some delicious sleepy time tea. I double bag it too. I put two two tea bags in there. So yeah, here we go. I hope McDonald's never comes at me with a cease with a cease and desist letter or lawsuit for me calling that last recording. For me calling that last recording, McRib. I just thought about that right as I was walking out here into the kitchen. Oh man, I'm gonna have to start buying. I'm gonna start start having to buy double everything. <clears throat> like I need my head might to get a Costco membership. Or something, or buy this stuff on Amazon, maybe? Yeah, maybe I'll start buying on Amazon. See if I can start buying, like, my oatmeal. And, <clears throat> and tea. Online. In bulk. There we go. Actually, I only need to go for, like, a minute. There we go. I don't like my tea, like, piping hot. All right, we're in Isaiah 37, Isaiah 37. Man, Isaiah 37 is kind of long. It's 38 verses. It feels like Isaiah 65 or however many chapters in here is so far away. (laughs) Man, this has been a long journey. We're almost there, y'all. We're almost there. Before you know it, where will we be? Was it Jeremiah? Talk about it. Yeah, good old Jeremiah, the next prophet. Man, Jeremiah's kind of long, too. Ooh. Let me chat to Jeremiah. I'm going to chat to you guys, Mr. Jeremiah. 52 chapters. Good Lord. Good Lord. Good Lord. Are you hot yet? Mm, just right. Add a little honey. Erin gets the honey, honey. Bam. He gets the honey, honey. like the tea bags need to steep a little bit longer but let me see mm. Mm. yeah let's go this about 30 more seconds <clears throat> there you go Isaiah the sixth <clears throat> sorry y'all I mean, my voice is just off no it's not off it's good all right Hezekiah I feel like there's a frog in it Rubit. The wise er 
Hezekiah seeks Isaiah's counsel. When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and went to the Lord's temple. He sent Eliakim, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests who were wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They said to him, This is what Hezekiah says. Today is a day of distress, rebuke, and disgrace. Now we gotta let this sit for a minute. Alright, where was I? He sent Eliakim, yeah, verse 2, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna the court secretary, and the leading priests who were wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They said to him, this is what Hezekiah says. Today is a day of distress, rebuke, and disgrace. It is as if children have come to the point of birth and there is no strength to, to deliver them. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear all the words of the royal spokesman whom his master, the king of Assyria, sent to mock the living God and will rebuke him for the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, offer a prayer for the surviving remnant God always has a remnant. Verse 5. So the servants of King Hezekiah went to to Isaiah, who said to them, Tell your master, the Lord says this, Don't be afraid because of the words you have heard, with which the king of Assyria's attendants have blasphemed me. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me. Blasphemed. Blasphemed me. I'm about to put a spirit in him and he will hear a rumor and return to his own land where I will cause him to fall by the sword. Mm. It's crazy how God, these kings and these rulers or whatever, they think they got so, they so big and bad and got so much power. That goes for us too. How we can be filled with pride and God does not like pride. If there's one thing that God doesn't like, it's pride. Because the more prideful you are, the more you're trying to be like a little God. And there's only one God. And God has a way of quickly showing you that he's the one and only true God and not you. And so, uh, yeah, he's about to. uh... Set this man right. I believe we're still talking about. King Rib, Sennacherib of Assyria. Because in here it just says King of Assyria. But I'm, I'm assuming they're talking about Mr. Rib. There we go, yeah. Verse 8. The heading for this is Sennacherib's letter. When the royal spokesman heard... Did I finish the last verse, though? Yeah, I did. When the royal spokesman heard that the king of Assyria had pulled out of Lachish, he left and found him fighting against Libna. The king had heard concerning King Tirhaka of Cush. He has set out to fight against you. So when he heard this, he sent messengers to Hezekiah saying, Say this to the king Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, on whom you rely, deceive you by promising that Jerusalem won't be handed over to the king of Assyria. 
this so much. This is like Antichrist. That's basically what rib is. Rib equals Antichrist. Antichrist is anybody that goes against God's purposes and will. Anti-God. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're here we are seeing a version of an Antichrist. Not the Antichrist. In Antichrist. There's several Antichrists throughout the Bible. Like Pharaoh earlier on. He was an Antichrist. And all the Philistines and ah, I just took a big gulp of tea and burned my throat. God help me. Verse eleven. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries. They completely destroyed them. Will you be rescued? Did the gods of the nations that my predecessors destroyed rescue them? Goes on. Haran, Rezef, and the Edenites in Telassar. Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of, of the city of Sepharvaim, Hina, or Eva? Iva, how are you going to say that? All right, Hezekiah's prayer. Hezekiah took the letter from the messenger's hands, read it, then went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. See, this is this is where this is what we're supposed to do when Satan is coming out with us with these lies, telling us that we're dumb, that we're ugly, that nobody wants us, that we'll never be married again, that we'll never see our kids again, that um, we ought to be dead, we might as well kill ourselves. You know, there's no reason to live anymore. You're bipolar and crazy and psycho. Nobody wants to be with you. Uh, what else? That you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do this, can't do the little all fill in the blank. You just go Shh, devil. Let me go talk to my God. And you say, God, you see what Satan's over here saying to me. He told me to do this, he told me this, he said, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, I can't do this, I can't do that. And you say, God, I need your help. Because these lies are so loud right now. I need your truth. That's why it's important to spend time in God's word. Because it's like, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Bam. Here we go. So Hezekiah took the letter from the messenger's hands, read it. They went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord of armies, God of Israel, and throne between the cherubim. You are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you're like, you tell daddy, say, daddy, come here, come here. You have him bend his neck down toward you or get down on your level, sitting Indian style and get real close and look you in the eye and say, daddy, I need you to listen. You listening? You listening? You listening? Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear all the words that Snackerib has sent to mock the living God. You see what he's saying about you? You see what you're going to take that guy? You're going to take that? 
Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have devastated all these countries and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but made from wood and stone by human hands. So they have destroyed them. Now, Lord, our God, not just any God, our God, save us from his power so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are God, you alone. This was... November 21st, 2020 at 9.27 a.m. when I read this. I don't know why I was reading it, but something led me to this. And the Hope Word section by Tony Evans it says, Prayer is relational communication with God. All right, God's answer through Isaiah, verse 21. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, Because you prayed to me about King Sennacherib of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken against him. I have spoken. Here we go. What God got to say. Mm, this tea is so tasty. Tomorrow I might have to actually drink some coffee. If I might have energy to pick up folks and do VBS or it's technically called summer jam with the kids. Because Aaron loves the kids. Man, I'm so excited to see my kids. I got to figure out what I'm going to get for them. Give them each a little present wrapped in a box. Got a little treat box. And write them a note. Hmm. Getting all emo. Thinking about it. All right, then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah, the Lord, the God of Israel, says, because you prayed to me about King Sennacherib of Assyria, this is the Lord, the word the Lord has spoken against him. Virgin daughter Zion despises you and scorns you. Daughter Jerusalem shakes her head behind your back. Mm. Verse 23, who is it you have mocked and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice? And lifted your eyes in pride. There goes that pride word I was talking about. God does not like pride. Against the Holy One of Israel, you have mocked the Lord through your servants. You have said, with my many chariots, I have gone up to the heights of the mountains, to the far recesses of Lebanon. I cut down its tallest cedars, its choice cypress trees. I came to its distant heights, its densest, densest, densest forest. I dug wells and drank water in foreign lands. I dried up all the streams of Egypt with the soles of my feet. Have you not heard? I designed it long ago. I planned it in days gone by. I have now brought it to pass, and you have crushed fortified cities into piles of rubble. Their inhabitants have become powerless, dismayed, and ashamed. They are plants of the field, tender grass, 
grass on the rooftops blasted by the east wind. But, there goes the buts in the Bible, there you go. But I know you're sitting down and you're going out and you're coming in and you're raging against me. God sees it all. He sees it all. Because you're raging against me. Isn't it funny how we do things in life and try to pretend like God doesn't see it? You ever done anything like that? I just been like, God knows my heart. <laughs> uh, God is not like our earthly parents. He can't hide anything from him. He knows our thoughts, both good and bad. He knows our intentions. Even when we think we're doing something good, he knows our true intentions behind what we're doing. Even if we're doing something good just so that we can look good in front of people or gain status or notoriety and get pats on the back. He knows the true intentions and motivations of everyone's heart. It's nothing we can hide from him. Verse 29. Because you're raging against raging against me and your arrogance have reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you go back the way you came. Wow. You ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get the heck out of here. Verse 30. This will be the sign of you. This year you will eat what grows on its own, and in the second year what grows from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. The surviving remnant of the house of Judah will again take root downward and bear take root downward and bear fruit upward, for a remnant will go out from Jerusalem and survivors from the Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. He will not enter the city, shoot an arrow here, come before it with a shield, or build up a siege ramp against it. He will go back the way he came, and he will not enter the city. This is the Lord's, dec Lord's declaration. I will defend this city and rescue it for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. My servant David. Defeat and death of Sennacherib, verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. 185,000. Man, that's a lot of folks. King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and left. He, of course he ran. He returned home and lived in Nineveh. It's interesting. That's Nineveh is the city where Jonah. Jonah. Went to Nineveh. He didn't want to go at first because it was so wicked. To preach. The gospel. Verse 38, one day while he was worshiping in the temple of his god Nisroch, his sons Adremelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword and escaped to the land of Ararat. Then his son Esar Hayden became king in his place. So we can call this recording Baba Rib McRib. <laughs> Peace out.
All right, here we go. Let's see what the synopsis say. When there seems to be no hope, you too should humble yourself before the Lord and seek his face. Hezekiah's actions were an acknowledgement that Judah's only hope lay in the power and promises of God. The power and the promises, power, promises of God. Use of the word perhaps in his message to Isaiah was not a sign of doubt in the Lord's ability ability to hear and answer him. Instead, it was a sign of humility, knowing that Hezekiah would wait for the divine king's answer instead of assuming he knew what it was. That's that's why, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of like saying the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that, or I'm, I'm very slow. I'm not, I'm not always perfect at this, but I've learned to be more slow about what God is telling me, I don't know, it's dangerous because there's been times where I thought the guy, the guy was leading me a certain direction. And I'm learning you have to be really careful about putting God's name in anything or saying that even like this, you feel like the spirit of God is, you know, leading you this such and such. Cause that's very powerful. I could be like, well, I, you know, I sense this in my spirit. That's what I feel like the Lord is doing or saying, but I'm not 100% sure. Let's wait until there's some confirmation from two or three witnesses, you know? Or, yeah, there need, there should be some... That's why it's so good to be in amongst a church body and God will confirm things amongst other believers. Things, yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, this, that's a tough one. Just the whole subject of hearing from the Lord is just a whole, you could talk about that subject for days. Any examples where you thought you heard from the Lord, but it, you actually could have been completely off. Anyway, all right. Verse, yeah, it says, don't, these are the Tony Evans notes, by the way. We're now talking about the notes for verses six on. Don't be afraid is repeated multiple times throughout scripture. If you place yourself under the umbrella of God's covenantal protection, you have no need to fear. If you place, that's a big if. Only time you need to be afraid is if you are outside of God's covenantal umbrella. And I still struggle with how that actually works. Because as children, we can be disobedient and wander and get into all kind of things. But how does that work when God's with God's covering? I don't fully understand that. When I go sin or make bad choices, am I no longer under God's covering when I do those things? Or am I? I like to think of it as like as a child. Imagine you're a child and you're under your parents roof and your parents tell you to not go to some such and such party. You know, God isn't like an earthly parent. So, like, God is still with you when you go to that party that you're not supposed to be at. So you only need to be afraid if you've never if you've never been adopted into God's kingdom. You know, except that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. 
he's there with you. Even at the party you're at, you're not supposed to be at. Now, there might be consequences and bad things that happen as a result of you being at that party you weren't supposed to be at. And then sometimes God intervenes and provides protection. Other times, he just lets the bad thing happen to us. I don't fully understand why he intervenes, and sometimes it doesn't, where it seems like his covering is there sometimes, and it's not. But his overall covering over your soul will always be there if you're a child of God. So anyway, that's a discussion for another day. God would judge Cain. What I'm saying is I don't fully understand it all. I kind of have glimpses of understanding when it comes to covering and, yeah, the umbrella of God. God would judge King Sennacherib for his blasphemy by having him assassinated in his own land, in his own land. Mm. That's the last thing I want to experience is God's judgment. The last thing. No thanks. All right, Libna was a town about 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem. Hezekiah responded once again in faith by taking the enemy's letter to the temple and offering a tremendous prayer that glorified the Lord as the only creator and sovereign of the world. Though Isaiah had promised deliverance, Hezekiah did not presume upon God's grace. The king asked God to judge the Assyrians for the right reason. Save us from his power so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are God. Technically, the king of Assyria had mocked Judah, but ultimately he had mocked the Lord, whom Sennacherib thought was no different from the gods of the nations. God assured Hezekiah that life would continue in Judah despite the the momentary Assyrian threat. Crops would be planted and harvested, even though the Assyrians had ravished, ravaged much of Judah. By the third year, the harvest would be plentiful. Don't miss that the Lord destroyed thousands of Assyrian soldiers in their own camp while the people of Judah slept. Mm. So that's just a perfect image. Like while we're sleeping, God is destroying our enemies. And our ultimate enemy, our adversary, Satan, has already been defeated when Jesus died on the cross. It's hard to wrap my head around it because in this current space and time that I'm in, in eternity, it doesn't feel like my enemy has been defeated. I feel like it's like, God, why well, I still got to struggle with this sin or that sin or these temptations or these financial challenges or these relational challenges, you name it, fill in the blank. It doesn't feel like my enemy. Yeah, the devil's constantly lying to me and, you know, likes to torment me with lies and bombard my mind with you name it, fill in the blank. It's like, God, where are you at? But it doesn't feel like my enemy has been defeated, but he has. When Jesus died on that cross over 2,000 years ago, 
Satan was defeated. And all those who put their trust in Jesus Christ can experience that victory through the blood of Jesus, the power of Jesus, right? In our past, our present, our future. And even though my present, once again, doesn't feel like I have victory, I do. And that's my hope. And so I have to believe that moment by moment, day by day, constantly remind myself, yes, I'll slip and fail. I made that mistake. I did this. I did that. But I still have victory through Jesus. Yes, my mind is still bombarded with lies and sometimes panic attacks when it comes. Sometimes fear wants to come. Sometimes loneliness and sadness and depression want to come in. But I have victory in Jesus' name. And my I can sleep at night because my enemy has been defeated. Sennacherib was eventually slain by his own sons while worshiping his God. No matter how devotedly you serve them, idols can't deliver you either. Yes. Lord God, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord. There's so much to glean from this word today. Lord, we repent for every way we've made people, places and things, money, possessions, houses, fill in the blank, idols, Lord, and turn to them when we should have been turning to you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're the only one that can fill the God-sized hole in our hearts. You made us that way. You designed us that way. Uh, every way we've turned to alcohol, drugs, sex, um, and once again, people, things, significance, job titles, to fill that, fill that hole, God. We repent, Lord, and everywhere we've made anything an idol, we lay it down at your feet, Lord. And we ask, Lord, for your cleansing power, your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we have victory in the cross and Jesus Christ dying for us in our past our present, our future. Our sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're a good Father. You're a gracious Father. You're a kind Father. There's no one like you, Lord. There is no one like you, God. There is no one like you, God. There is no one like you, God. I pray for every single one of those kids at Summer Jam. I pray that they will sense your presence, your power, and your love. And uh, every situation that they're facing, Lord, I pray that they would have a peace. They'll be able to rest tonight as you have already destroyed their enemies. You've already destroyed their ultimate enemy, the devil, who's like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. They don't have to be afraid because you are on their side. In Jesus' mighty precious name, I pray. Pray be with me as I sleep. I pray for those that deal with anxiety, fear, and panic attacks. Pray they will sense your presence and your peace, your joy, and they will not be afraid that they would have sweet dreams tonight and sweet rest. In Jesus' mighty precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I will holler at you later. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, 
in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. Lord Jesus, give me water. I know Jesus gave me water. Jesus gave me water. And it was not from the well. Singing Jesus gave me water. I know Jesus gave me water.